We want you to know better, do better, and be better. This is Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, cosmetology instructor, industry advocate, and writer, Mary Reed Johnson. Back. Welcome back to Hair, Head, and Heart. I'm your host, Mary Reed Johnson, and we will be joined by hair care and chemo girls expert, Mr. John Richards. And if you want to know how to gracefully transition your health, your wealth, and explore options for a robust experience and existence, stay tuned. Before we get to John, though, I'm going to say that there's a couple of noteworthy observances that we're having in November. And if you remember us talking about the fact that cats and rabbits, especially black cats, aren't typically allowed to be purchased or adopted during October, then you'll appreciate that the first full week in November is National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. So in celebration of that, animal shelters and animal rescue types of things, um, what, what they encourage you to do is go to the Humane Society and they encourage uh, pet lo- lovers especially to reach out and support the, sh- the local shelters and the uh, world uh, the, the rescue groups and vets offices, just just support them at whatever level you can. Um, the, there's another thing coming up, and it's World Kindness Week. And I know that some people need to prepare a little bit more for something like that than other people. And so during the show, we're going to talk about some, some ways that you can help and just give of yourself and uh, that type of thing. And my guest today certainly knows about giving and kindness and charity. I'd like to introduce you all to Mr. John Richards. He's an award-winning salon owner and a stylist who specializes in chemo extensions for people who have experienced chemotherapy and afterwards they have a a severe hair loss. Um, he's He's an author and somewhat of a Horatio Alger story as well. So, John, I just thank you for being here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. Awesome. Well, you've had an incredible dedication to the industry for 35 years. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your background and your decision to become a stylist? And uh, through the hour, we're going to just kind of have them uh, experience uh, your life. Um, Maybe not all of your book, but just, just some parts of your life because you have been a very giving person. So, just tell us a little bit about uh, your yourself and how you became to become a stylist. Well, I am one of 16 siblings, and I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And out of the 16 siblings, there's six hairdressers. Of course, <laughs> when you have that many people, there's bound to be a few hairdressers. And I'm a third-generation hairstylist. And actually, now, are, one of the things that I... Are, I'm sorry, go ahead. Are they all um, hairstylists, or are there barbers or, and mixtures in there? They're, they're all hair, hairdressers, stylists. I'm a stylist slash barber by trade, but okay. doing runway shows and in New York and Vegas and L.A. and all these uh, working for these, these companies like Rusk and Scruples and Nexus and, and Italy Hair Fashion, I, I did a lot of hair shows teaching other stylists trends, what's new in the industry, how to make uh, your, your job a little easier, taking less steps 
to prevent you know, carpal tunnel, things like that. So I've, I've been all over the country. Yeah. I was going to say, not everybody even knows um, some of these amazing companies. Uh, they should. Rusk has been around forever. Scruples is a Minnesota-based company that is right. international. Nexus, one of the last groups that was a holdout uh, before uh, some of our products went public. Um, but Correct. just you've worked with a lot of you know big wigs, and you were a platform artist uh, yes. for 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 most of them. So what well, that means to, yes. the, to for all of them, okay. What that means to the layperson is the people that you see heading headlining shows and showing you how to use things, how to do uh, or execute uh, uh, techniques properly, and that type of stuff. The person that you go to learn from, that's our John right here. That's me. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's me. just little old me. <laughs> well, I'm me. sure. Right. Yes. Yes. So. Um, with all of that education behind you, is that how you slid into uh, applying hair extensions to chemo patients, or you know, where did where did that kind of start? Well, I took a class in 1999, 2000 in Chicago to learn how to do these extensions, and I heard a rumor because I like I just don't do one thing. Like some stylists like to do nothing but color, some like mm-hmm. to do haircuts. I wanted to dive into everything when I got into the industry. I want to do all of it. So I wasn't working on Nexus that year because they fired the uh, the uh, director of education, so we all had time to do whatever. So I went to the Midwest show, and I saw mm-hmm. these expansions going on. So a month later, I took a class. <clears throat> and so over the years, I've I perfected it. I've done, I'm coming up on just, just shy of 5,000 brand-new sets of extensions. 5,000 so sets? Oh, my yes. gracious. I yeah, noticed that you so, have people from all over the country too. It's not that he has five thousand heads just um, with bated breath in in Minneapolis. They're from all over: St. Louis, Pittsburgh, L.A., Washington, Texas. You name it. Um, well, uh, not only that, but I've had people coming from Peru, Belgium, Australia, uh, Saudi Arabia, India, uh, China. I'm not just wow. United States. I'm I'm world renowned, I guess. So literally, literally all over the globe. Yeah, all over the globe. Yep. Very specific. Now, how I got into these? Um, go ahead. I, I had this girl. Uh, her name is Becky, and she was frustrated trying to find a somebody to do extensions for her after chemo, and so she mm-hmm. just finally found me, you know, out of, out of chance. And I said, "Well, why don't you come on? Let's take a look at your hair." And before that, I've already done extensions on people that have already had a couple inches of hair already and you know one person lost weight she lost her hair uh she had her stomach staple so the stress in the body i just decided if i'm going to do your hair i gotta put some curly hair on to cover the rest of your scalp so you don't see your hair so i've learned a couple ways already before becky had done this so when becky showed up her hair was probably around around a quarter of an inch and i said once we give this about six to eight, eight more weeks but i can definitely do it so when i end up doing her hair wcco Ezzie Murphy did a story on her. She asked me, because I was telling her about this woman coming in to get extensions after chemo breast cancer survivors. So I had a message on the next day, my, my, my um, recorder that, I'd like to do a story on her. Would you like to ask her? I said, well, I'll try, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> cancer people are a little, they're real, you know, secretive. And so I asked some her. Of them are, some of them are, you know, they're, they're people. So some of them are more reticent yeah. and some of them are more, 
uh, generous with information. I know uh, many years ago I worked for like Look Good, Feel Better, and I didn't realize, which is a it's, it's a program for female cancer patients. They um, lose their coloring sometimes, and so whatever makeups that were popular or good for them before might not go with their new palette. So, um, you know, losing all of your body hair, we, we, you know, don't often experience that. And you experience it, you know, every day, vicariously. Every day. And, and, every day, and yeah. so, so people need to understand that it's not just for a pretty look. Um, it is really, you know, working with a, a, mis- a mysterious thing. You don't know from one patient to the next how much or how little hair they're going to have. And uh, so this is this is what makes John's unique and special. I'm sorry, yeah. I just I get excited well, about yeah. what you're doing. So yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, so Becky did it, and we uh, did the story, and and it went viral. And um, you know, back in 19 or 2012, it was um, I think it was Martin Luther King weekend or President's Day in February, mm-hmm. whatever that holiday is. And WCCO actually ended up doing a two-parter. At the 5 o'clock news, they did her story, what it was like having cancer. And the 6 o'clock news, that's where I came and did the hair. It was on a holiday, so everybody was home to watch the, the news. I thought that was really cool how God would set that up and and uh, help all these girls that. Because I've always told God, and this is my honest to God prayer, I said, Lord, if you would, if I ever, if you help me to win the lottery, or if I ever become rich, I will do this for free. And last year, we ended up doing between two to four sets of extensions for free a month, just because I wow. felt like God was, was chasing me to nudge me to do this for these women. And you know, these women when they come in, they you know half of them their husbands leave. I think I had a girl in today. She was from South North Carolina. Her husband, mm-hmm. uh, they divorced. They couldn't handle the handle the deal, I guess. And that's about half the. These women, it was a husband. The women, I mean, guys don't really know what to do. Because that's for me, um, <clears throat> men are made to fix things. And when you can't fix things, like a girl in St. Louis, I did her hair. Her husband's really well to do, and they're both well to do. And he has all this money, but he couldn't fix it. You know what he did? He went in the basement, he sobbed like a baby because he couldn't fix oh. his wife. With all the money he had, he couldn't fix it. So she goes, Honey, just buy me a puppy. So they got him a gold, <laughs> got a golden doodle, and that dog laid on her chest for the whole time. I mean, that dog is—you can't—you can't even get close to her without the dog growling at you. <laughs> wow, but, uh, he's just that loyal. Yeah, well, and and actually, that's a positive. That's a positive moment. Yeah, I, it, I mean, just I—I I talked um, recently about. Uh, marriages and relationships and how many break apart. Uh, and the thing is, when you have some extra thing that happens, it's like it should be a, a test and help build bonds and that type of thing. But unfortunately, that does not always happen, which you know you no. just shared and experienced. <clears throat> um, yeah. So for, for the people who are interested in, in being like a chemo girl, and I should ask, do you only work on females, or is, are there males that you help as well? You know, I've never had any males come in. I, mean, I had a, a guy years ago, he's a cross-dresser, and he was a, um, 
one of my friends, he, uh, he was an impersonation, impersonator, a singer of Diana Ross. I gave her, him, hair extensions to make her hair like, like a Diana Ross thing. But I've mm-hmm. never really done extensions on a, on a man before, okay. as far as that goes. When, because, uh, um, when I, well, I'm a stylist as well, and, but very rarely, I, I, don't put a lot of extensions on men. There are, you know, the different uh, Hollywood hair, you know, and, and these yeah, types of things, yeah. which are, you know, more or less hair pieces. Um, some of yeah. them have some, um, like, fusion and, and those types of things uh, uh, that they that they have embraced. But you're right. I don't. I don't. I. I feel for the men. I know that there's a lot of men in Hollywood, and almost all of them have extensions. But they're they're in the form of hair pieces, which is a little bit different. Right. I, I also right. I also appreciate that you don't necessarily take more hair off because we know with. Um, I, I don't, well, it's it's one of the many, many things that's out there and people do it, but Hair Club for Men, for example, they are known to, to um, shave the hair that is there so that the medical adhesive that they use can stick a little bit better. So you're kind yeah. of always stuck um, with not having any hair or not being able, and that's only one of their options. They have some more advanced options as well, but um, but. Um, can you imagine the assault that people feel when you know what right. little they have is removed? Right. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, so I, I, I saw a picture of a girl one time. Um, she's from Canada. She shows she says, John, you can't believe what you look like after chemo. She showed me a picture. I went, "That's you." No eyebrows, no hair, blown up like a balloon from the from the um, steroids, and then she showed me a picture. Took her three hours to get ready in the morning. She drew on her eyebrows, you know, the makeup, the the wig. I go, that is you from that to that. <laughs> go, oh my goodness! I mean, it was a, it was amazing. These Transformation. Girls, they think they're aliens. They don't. They look in the mirror it's like I don't know who you are. I have right. no idea who you are. Yep. And, and it's, it's, they, it's something that people on, should not. Yep, it's something that people should not have to go through alone. And if their spouses leave or their family isn't supportive, they don't know what to do, then it's wonderful that they have people like you that you can turn to. So I'm glad we're mm-hmm. talking again in, in World Kindness Week. That, you know, stylists are just, you know, we're special that way. Um, we have the healing yeah, power of touch, you know. Yeah, um, they some yeah. Some people consider us minor therapists. Uh, and we we often can get deeper than you know a sibling or a family member <clears throat> or even a husband a spouse um, yeah. because uh, we we see it all <laughs> and and we're, well, I think of uh, that, if you do it well you're not judgmental yes right ahead, exactly speaking of that I had a girl come in I was just sitting there waiting for the rush hour to get through I was gonna um, leave around six. And uh, so this woman called me up, and and uh, it was about four, uh, about four thirty, four forty-five. She goes, "Can you get? Uh, I'm looking to get a set of extensions um, before Saturday. Can you get me in?" I'm looking at my book. It's like, okay, tomorrow's a chemo girl, Friday's a chemo girl, Saturday I'm booked from, you know, to Kingdom Come. I said, well, <laughs> "Well, I'm just sitting around here. How close are you?" Well, she was up in the um, Lake Minnetonka area, of a lake. She said. So she drove down. We started talking, 
and I had the hair in stock. It was a Asian girl, and um, she wanted the black hair. So we're talking about, I was just sharing a few stories that I have in my book that I'm going to share later here, but she started telling me her story. you got to have her on your show. This woman is amazing. This story goes like this. Well, they're gonna, they had a lot of rental properties. She's a, she's a realtor, and uh, they had a lot of, uh, uh, like, like hundreds Rental. of properties, and they're mm-hmm. going to retire when they're young. And so then her husband thought, well, I don't need life insurance because I got all this money. Well, he went into a coma for three years. Oh, my. <laughs> and they lost everything. Oh, and, my. And uh, then he ended up dying. And then she wrote a book about it, and the people that, you know, the Soup for the Soul, I got the people that own the book. Oh, got yes, a hold of this book absolutely. and ended up being a book, a bestseller. Oh, and uh, I forget the name of what, what, okay. what it's about, but it's about her life. And so that has been a bestseller. So now she's she's back on her feet. She hasn't married you again, but she's got you know three children. But I mean, the story that she, you know, think that she said she walked away from God because she just felt like, how could you do this to me? So then what I do in the salon. When, I, when these girls come in, when they, God, this is the deal. This is a divine appointment, I believe that, because whenever I have a moment where I don't have anything to do, and somebody calls me up and says, can you get me in? I said, sure. And I have the hair. That's a divine appointment. So for the two hours I had in my chair, I ministered to her. I told her about, you know, God is not that way, not his character. You know, it's okay to, 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 to ask questions and to you know, be angry with God. That's okay. So at the end of her appointment, I prayed with her. She wanted to come back to, to Christ. And she actually had a, a dream about Jesus, came to her, and said, because wow. her daughter got up and left, and Jesus said, you gave birth to her, but she doesn't belong to you. She belongs to me. And as far as your Isn't husband goes, yeah, he belongs to me too. So don't stress about this stuff. Just, just lean on me. And speaking of that, speaking of lean on me, my wife just had her gallbladder on about six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, I was really kind of stressed out. I was doing a lot of work. I have a special needs daughter, Rebecca. I'm going to talk about her later. Oh, we got to um, talk about Rebecca. Just, yeah, it was, she's great. So anyway, um, I was really tired. I was just really worn out. She was in the hospital for four days. It was actually a bad deal. It was really inflamed. So I'm shutting the door. I went to go into Beauty Craft to get some supplies for my salon. I shut the door. And when I shut it, I saw two arms in the, in the reflection of the, the window. And my mm-hmm. arm and the other arm was, a, was an arm with a long white sleeve on it, really perfectly creased, and it was the Lord. And he showed me that, you know that, that, that picture that everybody knows about footprints? Yeah. Well, God is carrying us whether we know it or not. And he wanted me to see that purposely to let me know, because I was really stressed out about this, this is my wife. I mean, it could. Have, I mean, she did other things, but it was, it was already almost. It almost blew up. That's how bad it was. This is no. This yeah, is so God, this is good. And part of part of the reason, yes, part of the reason that I appreciate internet radio and and you know things like this is because we can talk about whatever. There aren't the limits and the restrictions that right. um, some of the you know syndicated you know generic uh, stuff is out there. And you can yeah. talk about Jesus, and it doesn't have to be a Jesus channel. It could be your walk. It could be your ministry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought you that know, was so cool so that she I appreciate met that. him yeah. in a dream. And so I, oh. I prayed with her. I brought her back to Jesus. 
And uh, she was like, man, I, I actually, she ended up having these huge migraines. And uh, a lot of that is because of the stress that she lost half of her hair because of the stress. And, um, but the migraines were kind of came from the stress of her losing her husband and going through losing everything and all that. So I, mm-hmm. what I do is I pray for them specifically for, there's a word in the Bible called iniquity. And, and the Bible talks about that as being a delivered evil thing. And what comes with that, iniquity is a curse. And so when she abandoned God like that, she really wasn't cursed, but the things that she said did. And the Bible says that life and death is in the tongue, and Absolutely. you can either speak blessings or curses over you. And the things that she said, she had to retract them. And I'm not going to get into it. You can talk to her about all that if you ever have it on your show. But um, so we re- we got rid of all that. And uh, so I'm, I told her, I'll keep praying for you. I'll put you on my list of of uh, all the people I pray for in the morning, but this is what I do for eight to ten hours of the chemo girls. Because the biggest thing that the girls come in, they say, why did God do this to me? Why Why did God allow this? I said, first of all, God didn't give you this, because that's not God's character. Because all, the Bible says that God is all good. There's not nothing evil, any deceit in Him. He's perfect. And that's not His character. What happens is, we live in a fallen world. We live in, we live in a world of fear. And, you know, the mm-hmm. genetic line brings a generational person like Becky. She was a third generation of breast cancer. So I had to break that thing off of her. So if she ever had kids, that wouldn't fall on her. Because if it goes down to four generations. You know, any time you find a curse. Um, I mean, it goes on and on and on. I, I got some stories to tell you about the book. What, yeah. When when people connect with you, or actually, well, well, if you would, just take a minute and tell the listeners how they can connect you, with you, um, phone number, email, what what do you prefer? Can you uh, tell uh, them email how they great. can connect? It's uh, johnrichardshair at AOL.com. And you spell John, J-O-N, then Richards, plural, hair, at AOL.com. That's my email. That is, and uh, that just shoot wonderful. me an email, and I'll be glad to talk to you or, you know, whatever you need, need to do. And um, I am a minister of... Grace, for me personally, I was sick in my body for 40 years. That's 4-0, bleeding and hemorrhaging. I had something called ulcerated colitis. And uh, it just... And what does that never do? How, how does that affect you every day? How, well, you're running you... to the bathroom all every day is what it is. Oh. And you're okay. and you're just nothing, you know, bleeding all the time. And oh, uh, for, that, that happens for miserable. 40 years. It was awful. Terrible. And was never, it an easy, just, easy diagnosis, or did you suffer for a while before they figured it out? Well, I, in, in um, 1972, there's a story in my book called The Secret. I had a secret that nobody knew. Well, in the summer of 72, I started bleeding. For three weeks, I just bled and bled and bled rectally, and I didn't know what it was. It was so terrified I didn't want to tell anybody, and then it left. And then in the, that, the spring of, of 80... Of, What's that? That quickly? It, you said it left? It came that fast and it left that fast. And then in, I remember in Easter um, of the next year of, of 73, I found myself in Children's Hospital because I couldn't stop the bleeding. So they, I was there for a couple weeks. They let me out. And then I, I was out for a week and then I ended up in another hospital for a month or two months actually. And then they finally put me on 
uh, something called azulfidine. It's a mild steroid, I guess. What it actually mm-hmm. not steroid, it actually lowers your immune system a little bit. So basically what happened was my immune system was too strong and it would attack my body. And, and the part that it would attack would be the, the digestive system. And so I oh. bled for that long. And so finally it stopped in, in 2013. And I'm, I'm on something called Numera. And oh, yeah. I've been in total remission. I have no symptoms at all. Stuff is amazing. Wow, John. That is more than amazing. Uh, like, <laughs> that's a blessing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, now, I, I, did, like, I, only got, I only got to skim. Now, is this information in your book? Uh, John has a book, and it's called Zero to 55, right? Yeah. Life at the Speed of Grace. And some of these right. stories in there? Uh, they're all in there. Uh, I talk about my my uh, my uh, health issue that actually I think it's in chapter three, the secret. Uh, there's okay. the first chapter talks about how I got molested by a teenage boy <clears throat> in the neighborhood, and I just wanted the world to swallow me up. I was only eleven. The second mm-hmm. chapter talks about fear. I lived in fear my whole life. I um, we moved to this house in 1960 in, in, in St. Paul, the Selby and Dell district. And the minute we moved in that house, all of us, we were scared to death. And I had the, the room in the back of the house on the second floor, and I used to dream every night. I called the silent scream in my book, that I was so terrified to wake up screaming so hard that nothing would come out, that I swore somebody was going to kill me or kill all of us in our house. So what was in our house, I realized later in life, was a spirit of fear. Because it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power loving of a sound mind. If I don't know what I know now, all I had to do was anoint my house with oil and rebuke and the thing I would have to leave. Like the Israelites would uh, anoint the doorpost and the header when Absolutely. that curse came. It's, and that's it's all I had to do. And I never even knew it. I lived, I lived in this fear from age, I think probably was age eight until 2013. God finally got rid wow. of it. And what he did was he had me... Um, I had to recite out loud Psalm 91, out loud, for a year. And after every a year, day or when inspired? Just, every day, every day, I would, I would, I would say it out loud. I memorize the whole thing. I would do it in the day, sometimes a couple times a day. And then one time in 2000, in 2009, the Lord actually showed me what I was battling against. I woke up in the middle of the night. My wife was gone. Everybody's gone except all that was left was the cats. And I woke up hyperventilating and screaming like I used to when I was little, and what I and I couldn't see them. What was I, I kept looking around like where are they? Because I would see shadows and things in my in my room when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. uh, but this time when I closed my eyes, I saw them, and one of them looked like the girl from The Exorcist. The other one had these glaring red eyes like like lasers, staring mm-hmm. right at me. Yeah. So the Lord wanted me to know that was fear, and they looked like round puffballs. They weren't really big. And I just said, what do you want? You have no right to be in my house. And I rebuked them and they left. But you remember the the old saying, the monsters under the bed? Naturally you did that. What's that? I said you did it naturally. You know, naturally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people don't have to 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 be here. There you go. And so when I was little, we always talked about the monsters under the bed. Well, the monsters under the bed aren't that big. So I drop kicked those things right off the face of the earth and never went back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do so, you um, still, 
we don't know who we might be helping at this particular moment. Do you know or do you still remember Psalms 91? Yeah, I do. We can do it here. Can you recite it? Because we don't know. I, I'm prayerfully that it will help someone um, just knowing, number one, that you have the power over, yeah. you know, any spirit, um, right. that you have Christ, you know, to support you. Um, right. And then you add to it his word. So can you recite um, in <clears throat> Psalm 91? And yes. This is, and this is what it says. In the name of Jesus. It says, Yep. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, Lord, <laughs> you are my refuge, my fortress, and my God in whom I trust. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And you shall cover me with your feathers, and under your wings I shall take refuge. Your truth shall be my shield and buckler. For I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste in noonday. A thousand may fall on my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but nothing shall come near me. Only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, my dwelling place. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me, and to keep me in all of my ways. And in their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. For I shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent shall I trample under my feet. And this is the best part. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he knows my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I said that out loud for a year, wow. sometimes three to five times a day, every day for a year. <laughs> well, and I have no it fear. Worked. It's completely gone. Oh, my gosh. This, I mean, this is even bigger and better than the kindness week that's ahead of us. But just know, people, right. go open up your King James or whichever version that you Open prefer, your Bible, read it. It's God's love bring, letter to us. Bring it. It brings life. It, it absolutely brings, It brings life is. from fear, from disease, all of it. That is powerful. Um, it, I'm going to step back just a little bit, but we have World yep. Kindness Week that people, I want people to, uh, anytime they listen to my show, it's it's really to help them know better, do better, yeah. be better people. And World Kindness Week can't get any better than that, um, is the week of November 13th. So again, some okay. people need to prepare a little bit. And John, do you know anyone who was caught up in the Atlantic hurricane areas the, this this season? Um, Texas or you I know, have a girl that came in from uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and she almost didn't make it, and it's because they shut down the airport, and mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden we were praying. It's like God, because uh, we're gonna do we're doing a video on her. Oh, nice. And um, she was a perfect, perfect candidate to do a video. And so we prayed, and the thing went, it shifted. And it went to Georgia instead of going up to North Carolina. And I just had a girl come in today, <laughs> so she made it. Uh, but I had a girl walk in today in my salon. She lives in Florida. 
and she was affected. She was out of power for five days, and her, her house was a mess, but then she didn't lose her roof, break the windows, but she was farther inland. But uh, I don't know of anybody else, but I had a couple girls well, that was that, that lived down there that was affected. Well, the yeah, it was, it was a mess. Yeah, it was, um, it was it, and it's still a mess, actually. They still need help. So the re- that's part of the reason I'm mentioning it now. Um, if you or someone you know want to support uh, the, the those areas, you can either, yes, a lot of people do send, you know, just items, things that are unused yep. or unwanted. But, um, and that's, you know, something better than nothing uh, most of the time. But with areas like this that are totally demolished, they have something on Amazon of all things. Amazon has a wish list. Did you know about that? Um, they I did it, not basically know that. just yep. You download the Amazon app or just go online and look up Amazon wish list, and you just search uh-huh. uh, for whatever area, um, whether it's a hurricane area or something else happens in the future. Anyway, um, huh? it it will you just click, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they want anywhere. And um, a lot of times it's a donation and they'll buy the things that they need from local people or local companies wow. or, you know, that's, so it's much cool. cheaper for, yeah, it's way, it's much cheaper, for example, to, to send money for some bottled water that they get in the area than it is to ship, you know, say hundred pounds of bottled water. Or to to fly, you know, them over because the airports and airlines might not be um, very reliable. Um, also, mm-hmm. it'll give it'll get rid of that middle thing that happens. Like we had uh, a lot of a lot of provisions sitting in, I believe, an airport or air uh, uh, hangar. Yeah, airport hangar, um, not able to get to the people in the town. So, you know, it, it gets rid of a lot of that 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 mess. And I know some people don't think mm-hmm. it's as personal to leave money or to, to give money, but if that's what the people need so that they, they can kind of situate life more quickly, then give them what they sure. need. But, uh, again, just right. look up Amazon wish list and uh, – find uh, there's a registry basically almost like you do with weddings and just look up uh, say Texas hurricane or whatever you want to do and uh, they'll tell you what they need and hopefully you can um, that'll be your act of kindness at least one of your acts of kindness for the week Um, something yes another simple simple thing that people can do uh, leave money on a vending machine Um, sometimes people uh, you know, they might be hungry and they've got one dollar and but, you know, everything in the machine is one twenty five. So it's, you don't know who's going to pick it up. That's part of the random act of kindness. But leave yeah. money if you can, you know, just around. And also yeah. um, in this season, we're entering uh, and you deal with chemo a lot and, and and your patients luckily have survived. But sometimes, you know, people aren't that lucky. So or it's not their 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 time to you know continue this dispensation so you can comfort people in grief and and usually um well i'll say you can bring them something to eat or help them with yard work or cleaning or anything like that but it's not usually when the activities are going on that people really need the help it's after people have left town and participated in memorials and and those types of things 
that's usually right. when the grieving begins. So Wonderful. open your eyes, open your heart, look for those types of things, um, mm-hmm. and and maybe that will be a good time to start giving. Now Great. back to giving. Um, your I mean, your life is about giving. I mean, you you didn't Correct. have an easy grow up. <laughs> you really didn't. Um, and then you find yourself, you know, at the at the at a, a platform artist, and you're working with these really big companies, and um, there was something, a little excerpt of your book I read, and it talked about the moment that you realized that, like, you had a story. Um, and so, I, again, I'm glad that you wrote it. I haven't read the, the, the entire thing yet. I will have to get a copy so I can read the entire thing. Sure. Um, but... Um, it's just important that you know you're you're so giving and that you're sharing and and along those lines, um, tell me about your your daughter and your your and how she's involved in your mission. Well, my daughter, um, she's special needs. My children are from Korea, and um, I have there's this four girls in my wife's family, and all four girls were diagnosed with something called pre-ovarian failure. So what happens is when the the sperm comes in and fertilizes with the egg, the body kills it, and nobody knows why that happens. So they'll never have children? Yeah, nobody could have kids. So we all adopted. Mm -hmm. So in our family, in my wife's family, there's four Koreans, two Colombians, two biracial, and two Caucasians in the family that everybody adopts. We have two children. Uh, We have my son, Zach, and my daughter, Bex. I call her Rebecca, but we call her Bex. And uh, when she got diagnosed, when she was born, she was a preemie, and she was eight and a half pounds as a preemie. And for a Korean child, that is huge. That's, I was going to say, that's a lot sick. of baby, John. Yep. And so she looked like a little Buddha. <laughs> she had wrinkle after <laughs> wrinkle. It was really cute. And, uh, but I'm she sure she'll really appreciate sick, that. So gave uh... her, yeah. So she was really sick, and so they gave her blood transfusion. And in the blood, there was a CMV virus and... Some other things, she had bronchitis, she had pneumonia, all these other things. So it affected all of her fine motor skills. And so when the doctor diagnosed her at 22 months, that's called mildly mentally impaired. So all of her fine motor skills are just a little off. Um, So you're going to have to to get her involved with something that's going to stimulate her mind and her body. So we thought it's got to be some type of a sport. So we thought, okay, the Koreans, they play soccer, baseball, and softball. So we tried that when she was little and wasn't gravitating toward nothing. She was having a hard time um, just even standing there holding the bat or catching Mm -hmm. the ball, whatever. And So a couple years later, we um, bring home the the movie called The Mighty Ducks. And when we started watching it, she just couldn't get enough of this this, this movie. She wasn't talking at four years old, but she was quacking. And it's like, so because of the movie, they wasn't that, filmed in, that was filmed in Minnesota, wasn't it? St. Paul, yeah. Okay. And so um, so we thought, huh, we just thought it was cute. So about six months into it, she just wanted to watch it every day. So I said, Becca, want to be a duck? So God's prescription for my daughter was a movie called The Mighty Ducks. We got involved wow. with something called Ice is Nice, which is a Noka hockey arena up where we live in Anoka County. It's right. on a Saturday morning, and this, this old retired hockey player would help these kids how to learn how to play. The little kids, like, you know, three, four years old. And Becca, they, they, they pushed her around on a chair 
for three years because she couldn't stand up. But when she finally could stand up, it was a glorious moment because, you know, she didn't learn to walk until she was almost five. And, um, but she could skate. <laughs> she could stand on her skates. So then we got involved. She just kept pressing on it. She really loved it. So we thought, let's just get her on a, on a, um, on a, uh, a team. And so they would just put her on the ice. She couldn't move, but she was just standing with her hockey stick. And the puck would come to her and she'd hit it. And we all go, yay, you did it. Yes. And we stuck with this, stuck with it, stuck with it. Now she's been at it for 21 years. And she's wow. now on a uh, women's league. She's actually really good. She actually that played is JV. beyond blessing again. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing about the uh, JV thing, you know, we, uh, well, let me back up on the JV thing. Um, when she was on, U- on a U10 team, and uh, she was 12. Um, we asked uh, this woman that, that worked with handicapped adults, Susie Miller, and her daughter was the goalie. I said, is there anything that Becky can do when she gets to pass the U14, any type of sports, because she works with handicapped adults? She mm-hmm. goes, let me, let me check on this. So she found out there's a whole league out there called From USA Disabled Hockey that are prosthetic hockey. Wow sled hockey and then special hockey. So because of my daughter and Susie Miller in, in 2005, we introduced in 2006 USA Disabled Hockey to Minnesota called Minnesota Special Hockey. So now oh there's my. actually 10 teams in Minnesota because of my daughter. Because of Becca. Miller. Because of oh, Becca. And so that that's is... her legacy. That's her. There's over 200 players playing hockey because they just love, they want to be part of something. So then we fast that forward to so JV, uh, the um, the uh, the dinner, the senior dinner for hockey, and we were hoping that you know Becca would be recognized as far as because she loved hockey so much that maybe they'd give her an honorary letter. Yes. Yeah. And so all the awards were given out the national and local awards, and everybody sat down and had dinner. And then as we're eating, the coaches went back up there and said, you know. When we were hired, we decided that we were, we're not going to give any individual awards to anybody because you have to earn them to the state and to the, the National Honor Society and all that. Great. But then they said, but we have this one player that for three years knocked on my door after every <laughs> practice, after every every game, and said, Coach, and they say, yes, yes, Becca, how would I do? What do I need to work on? For three years, and we never years. knew it. I never knew that. And I looked at my daughter, I'm like, what? Is that? And so he said, I wish that all my players had the dedication and the love of the game as this girl that we had here. So they decided to break their policy to give my daughter, Rebecca, the most dedicated player award. Absolutely. Now that's good coaching. And it was, good a, it was a cool deal. Oh. Yeah. And now, another really I don't funny know. moment. That is, it's beautiful. Um, did you realize, John, that November is also National Adoption Month? I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yes. So, I mean, I in line with your, your wife's history, again, you know, I, I, I'm a vessel, and I just let God do his thing. Um, I shouldn't yeah. say I let yeah. him. I'm, I'm, happy. I'm happy that he's here because, again, aside from the kindness and, and, and you know, your journey through life, it really yeah. literally is 
National Adoption Month, and that is part of your wife's history. That's part of it. I mean, it's everything. It's all in there. So um, let's let's talk about adoption and, and what makes it special, and and yeah. just try to encourage people to um, help. Um, I'm going to give you some information about um, Minneapolis and what's going on in Hennepin County. Hennepin County is like the seventh largest county in the whole nation. So we get a lot of things that, uh, you know, whether it's trial programs or, um, you know, ultimate funding or, you know, these types of things, we get a lot more exposure to stuff than some other places. And um, that can be a good thing. But it can be a bad thing because uh, one of the problems that came out last year around this time was that our need for uh, foster care and adoption, so the kids who were there waiting and needing help, um, it quadrupled last year. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, they're looking for full placement, but sometimes kids just need a safe place to heal. So like what happened to you when you were 11? won't happen to a kid who's just working through an issue or their family is working through some issues. Um, But at that moment, they can't return home. So they need someone to care for them. And so, um, you know, in this whole kindness week and, and adoption month and that type of stuff, I want people to know and understand or, or look for ways that they can help. So in, in Minnesota, um, Basically, they've got over a thousand, almost two thousand kids in the foster care system, and wow. the kids are about half um, male, half female. Um, they're mostly multicultural. So, an actual yeah. number I have is seventy-one percent of them um, identify as more than one race. So, it, you know, that could be anything. In your case, it's it's Asian, yeah. and and I don't know if they're full Asian or if they're Asian and Caucasian or you know I don't know but sure. but there's yeah. you know they're not alone and these these numbers are just outrageously high, so some of them are even in sibling groups, so that means that they need to be or it'd be most beneficial if they could be adopted together. So, it, it, you know, in this journey for people when they're when they're looking for something to do, if you're in position, you've got a couple of hours a week that you can volunteer. Even if you're a driver, I used to be a driver that took kids from um, wherever they were in the foster care system to meetings that they had with their families, right? Their, their biological families yeah. who are still trying to right. piece stuff together. So, I mean, it wasn't a big role. But it's what I could do at the time. And um, so just look for opportunities. I am trying to piece together a workshop for people who have um, multi-textural, multicultural families. And they want to know about what to do with this hair, you know, and make it a bonding experience and not a separation experience. So, um, you know, just that type of thing. So, again, I think God really did place you here because who knew that you had that in your background? So thank you for that. Exactly, and, right, yeah. And, you know, yeah, we're, our, our stories are powerful. Everybody has a story mm-hmm. to tell. And Absolutely, but, but yeah. some stories are really big and can help a lot of people, and I think you've got one of those. 
Um, just, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of things going on legislatively in Minnesota all the time with the cosmetology department, but right yeah. now they've got, um, something going and I'm wondering, um, if you are offering, I know you offer the, um, I, you have a specialist at eyebrow at microblading. She's a microblader. Right? Yes. Yes. Is that part of the private certification that, um, exist or that's you know kind of emerging Maybe that's, actually, that's a private sir that's a private thing you just you go and you have to go to atlanta to get certified in that mm-hmm. i guess okay. and uh but yeah okay. it's, there's, a, there's a handful of people in minnesota that do it all right because yeah. i thought i thought that was a pretty neat thing and it's something that is growing as as far as not just micro not um, micro blading only but different things that we do with our bodies and and um, you know, just beautification. Some of it's beautification. Some of it is at last we have options, you know. I, yeah, I've seen uh, options, even hair yeah. tattooing and, you know, things like this. So, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's just a wonderful time. Um, before, and, and time goes so quickly, we're almost at the end of our hour, but are, is there a particular uh, point that we that we want to share with people or anything you want to share um, with the audience today uh, about what you do and, you know, what you would like to see next. Like what's the next big thing for John? Well, uh, the next thing that for John, I'm always looking for the next thing. I, I really have a hard time sitting still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, well, um, can I asked you a question, but I I, I do have something. I know that you have the training academy, or, well, I think you have the training academy for the chemo girls. At one point, your your mission was to have one of these trained people in every state. Are you still doing that? Every state of the union, yes. And I'm still doing that. Yes, that's that's something I'm doing right now, yes. And we just finally got it all organized. We uh, did something. We did a, um, like a, we shot something on the, on the internet. And we got so overwhelmed with, with the response, we had to shut it down because I couldn't oh. handle it. So basically, being trained for doing um, extensions for chemo girls, and uh, okay. everything's trademarked now, and it's patented, and we're all ready to go. And you can register online um, about uh, being trained at uh, johnrichesalon.com. And uh, okay, yeah, that's my next big adventure here. I have something else on the horizon, but I can't tell you because I've been sworn to secrecy. <laughs> One oh. of those things. But well, we'll have to have deal. you back when when it when you can yeah. share. Yeah, so it's going to be a big so deal. Good. I can't say anything, but it's something really cool. It's going to be a good thing. You know, the Bible says that we're never supposed to stop doing good, so we're always supposed to be doing good. And Absolutely. I just I just want to keep doing good. I want to do. I want to honor God. I want to uh, people that come to my my salon. I want to uh, honor them as a human being and give them. Um, the the time and the day and and listen to the story and to feed them and then not only with the food but feed them with with uh, kindness and and mercy and God's grace that's that's my mission in life and when I when I became a Christian in 1982 uh, I got I got saved in my backyard I, my brother led me to Christ and I was raised Catholic but I believed in God because they told me to believe in God but I never really knew. God was. Right. I always thought that God was a gray beard old man that hated my guts because that's. Oh no! He always told me that I was so stupid. 
Yeah. Aww. And so in second grade, I had to stand in front of my classmates. I had to explain to everybody why I was so dumb. And so oh, I always yeah. felt that God just hated me. So when I became a Christian, it was a month later. That that wasn't the God of grace. They're, they're, that's no, just the wrong God. No, not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so this guy walked up to me in this prayer meeting, and he said, I got a word from the Lord for you. It's like, oh, God, now what did I do wrong? Because I always feel like no. I'm doing something wrong, you know, back then. And he said, the Lord's going to use you to restore and heal people. Then he walked away. I went, whoa, 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 come back here. You just can't say that and walk <laughs> away. He said, I said, can you well, explain that? He said, well, you've been sick in your body your whole life, and God's going to use that sickness in your body to heal other people to bring... Uh, uh, healing to them. And so I've had, in my book, I have the first half it talks about my, my life, and the second half I, talks about all these miracles that God has performed in my salon. Wow. Like physical, well, like I, major, I, major miracles. I got, yeah. I got to say, John, I thank you for being of the vessel that you are and the light that you are. And I'm sorry you had those horrific experiences, but even those made you what you are and and i just absolutely yeah absolutely appreciate you and thank you for sharing your message i forgot to give the um the call-in number my apologies but um this will be on podcast and i hope that people sign up become um uh, um uh, trained under john and you know if you have the experience of chemo um and you need his help it's nice to know that you've got a wonderful healing touch here for you in Minnesota. Thank you, John. Wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you very much. All right. I'll talk to you again. Talk to you. Bye-bye. This is Mary from Hair, Head, and Heart. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining the discussion on Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, Mary Reed Johnson. Mary steps from behind the chair to discuss universal topics and share passions and insights to help all ages and communities know better, do better, and be better. Join us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Check out Hair, Head, and Heart homepage on BBS Radio. Or visit 3hwellness.org to grow with us.